Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Carolina Journal reports that a split state court of appeals panel has determined that bar owners can move forward with a lawsuit challenging Governor Roy Cooper's shutdown of their operations during the pandemic. There are a couple different issues here. I mentioned at the, uh, at the end of the last hour. I won't rehash it. But the focus of this panel uh, discussion or uh, ruling, rather, was that they said the plaintiffs do, in fact, have a fundamental right to earn a living from the operation of their bar businesses. And when Cooper shut them down and kept them shut down, see, this is the key. He Remember, first he did like, oh, we're going to shut everything down, bend the curve, everybody, make sure we don't overwhelm all the hospitals and all that, and that didn't happen. And then it's like, oh, no, you're essential. you got to stay open. So you could stay open and you can stay open, but you know, you know, you know. And then they started doing like, remember the phases? Remember the phases? We had like 1.1, 1.2, and they go, well, maybe we get to phase two and we could take off the masks, you know? And certain businesses started getting permission to open. I mean, not completely open, right? They were open at like 62.7% occupancy. And if you walked into the, uh, the place, you know, you had to walk at a certain uh, speed. Uh, so as to not infect everybody and they would time you and then they would like they put you in the hazmat suits and you could only have people standing, not sitting or in some other places they had to be sitting and not standing. And then when they had like the plastic walls around everybody. So you're just like just breathing in all of your recirculating air, you know, like real sciencey kinds of things. And some businesses got to reopen under those sciencey provisions and others did not. And the bar industry did not. Now, if you had a restaurant and a bar in the restaurant, well, you could reopen. You're essential. Obviously, you're essential. Right? I mean, come on. Where Where's the governor going to go out to eat for the anniversary? Come on, people. Think this through. So he doesn't go to bars. You don't care about the bars. And, you know, only bad things happen in the bars, just a bunch of hooking up, you know. So no bars. Now, I guess you you probably, well, I guess you can hook up at the, like, the Applebee's bar, right? That happens, I think. So those places, restaurants with a bar, they were allowed to open. This is where we started to see all of the rest, all the bars, I should say, getting pretty creative with offering food, right? Up in New York, remember the Cuomo chips? They would just sell some potato chips, and then that checked the box, to allow them to open because they weren't making any money. And the GovCo comes along and says, no, 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 just don't worry. Just take all of this free money, this helicopter cash. We'll just push it out the uh, the helicopter, just have it rain down on everybody. And the businesses are like, we're going to go out of business here. We cannot afford the, the payroll. So they said, here, take all of the payroll. We'll pay you for your payroll with the PPP, right? We'll give you the money. You pay your workers because the unemployment insurance system 
is bonkers, right? It's completely overwhelmed. So take all of the PPP. And then, of course, a couple of years later, then they use that against you. Then if you're a business owner that you're like, this was nuts, I'm running for Congress or I'm running for office, and then the Democrats will come along and they're like, but you took the PPP money. Hey, morons, the PPP money wasn't for the business. It was for the employees. It was to help GovCo because GovCo shut the businesses down. Otherwise, those people would have no money coming in from their employer. So you send all of the money. Uh, down to the businesses, uh, they pay the people out. Um, but in bars, they could not even reopen. They had to stay closed. And so they said, you need to treat us like the restaurants, like the breweries, like the vineyards, right? How come those places are allowed to reopen, but the bars are not? And so that was their argument, and they were successful. Let's go over here and get Tom on the program. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mr. Pete, listen, I'll be brief. Um, the fact is that these uh, companies or people are trying to sue the governor for saving their lives is just completely ridiculous. This thing was a worldwide pandemic. It was new. Uh, millions of people died, and these guys are trying to sue him for saving their lives. They need to get, be giving him a vote of confidence, and that's my story. So, Tom, uh, hang on, Tom. Uh, can I ask uh, you a question? Sure. All right. Are you aware of what they did in Sweden compared to what we did here? I heard they kept some stuff open or something like that, didn't they? Yeah. So some... Right, well... Please help me out. All right. So, no, I was just asking because, I mean, I could go over some of the I went over this uh, in depth yesterday. So there was uh, there's there's data that's out and it compares this metric, this data point. It's called excess deaths. So Uh you take the three years during the pandemic and you compare it to the three years before the pandemic and you get an idea of the excess deaths that occurred during the pandemic. And so there are more deaths over the last three years than there were in the three years prior. Right. And so that's the excess deaths. And okay, so when, but- oh, hang on. So Sweden, when Sweden said at the very beginning of the pandemic, they said, we're going to follow pandemic mm-hmm. protocols that existed before COVID-19. And all of those protocols said, said the same thing, which was, you know, the masks are not effective, that the lockdowns uh, uh, do more damage. And so they're not going to do that. And they were, they were cast as like deniers. They're trying to kill people and all of this. Well, now we have the data from three years out. And what it shows is that Sweden actually had fewer excess deaths than everywhere else. They actually had three, uh, like America had three times the number of excess deaths than Sweden had. So, and also Sweden's economy uh, grew very small, it was 0.4%, but everybody else's declined by almost 3%. So Sweden, by all the metrics, they came out better because of the way they responded. They did not lock down and they did not mask up. They did not implement all of these things. So I would submit that you attributing uh, uh, the lives saved to Roy Cooper I would say that that's not actually based on science or data. Okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you have this one, but I will say that sometimes, sometimes this is not scientific. This is just a plain common sense, I guess. It's better to err on the side of caution, which which Governor Cooper did, and Mandy Cohen, your girl, you always pick that. She got a promotion. She's heading up that CDC. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that it was best 
to close these businesses down. But but well, well, but but hang on, Tom. So but I mean but so now that I've given you the data, okay, was it best? <laughs> because the because no, no Tom, your opinion no because your opinion about. Whether Roy Cooper and Mandy Cohen did a good job, right? Your opinion was is based on an idea that they saved a lot of lives. And what I'm telling you is the data shows that we actually lost more lives because you have to look at excess deaths is not just COVID. We've got more suicides, right? We've got depression, anxiety. You have a lot more. Uh, you have a lot more deaths that are attributed to people who didn't get cancer screenings during this time period, right? So there are a lot more excess deaths. That, that all that we have versus the one that didn't do that course. So if your opinion is based on, on, on data, then you would hold the opinion that Cooper's actions and Cohen's actions did not actually save lives. It cost more lives in the long run. Based on what you're saying, you are absolutely right. Based on what you're saying, but again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sure. Oh, you know, so at, no, at look, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And at the beginning, I, I said the same thing because uh, 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 Greg Murphy, Dr. Greg Murphy, he's a congressman. And he's oh, Tom's gone. All right, Tom, I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, but um, Murphy said that we're building the plane while we're flying it. And I totally agree. And I've said this from the beginning, which is I am not I, I'm not trying to uh, attack Roy Cooper for the actions that everybody was taking at the very beginning. My criticism is there's no accountability. There's no accepting that, you know what, we shouldn't have done that. And as more and more data comes in about the detrimental effects of these approaches, which were, were 180 degrees different than the approaches that everybody understood to be the way you handle a pandemic prior to COVID-19, Refusing to accept that you made the wrong call and acknowledge you made the wrong call means we could repeat it again. That's why this lawsuit's important, right? When one person at the state level is is picking which industries and businesses to allow to stay open or not, no, you don't get to do that. In fact, the Emergency Management Act of North Carolina, like, it says it in the act. He's supposed to be consulting with the Council of State. That's the 10 uh, or the nine other statewide elected offices. You got governor, you got attorney general, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, ag commissioner, treasurer, auditor, all of those statewide elected positions. But here's the thing. When Cooper wanted to lock everybody down, he went to the council of state and said, this is what I want to do. But the council of state, 10 positions, six of them are controlled by Republicans. And he did not have their support to do it. And so he just... He ignored the law. They just came up with a different interpretation saying that he could do this, and they did it. That's why the lawsuit's important, too. Tom, I do appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, the chat. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. 
Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Emails to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. This is from Thomas. Not caller Tom, I don't believe. But Thomas says, now that Mandy Cohen has moved on, uh, can't she now close down the bars nationally? Also, isn't the Biden administration planning something for next month? Uh, I don't know what they're planning for next month. Um, do, 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 Mandy Cohen is, but yes, Mandy Cohen. Although I do wonder, because remember in the video that we saw after the pandemic was over, after she had retired from North Carolina's uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services director position, right? She she was out. Uh, she was up in. Well, I forget where she was at some speech, and she's doing. You know, she's sitting there and she's doing like a Q and A, and she's talking about how she would call up the directors of other state health departments, and she would ask them, "Are are, are you opening up for like the NFL show, uh, season? Or the the ball games? Are, are are you allowing this? Are 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 you clamping down on that? Oh, okay, good. Ha ha ha. I'm not either." So, like, they would coordinate. So this way, they would all be in lockstep. They would have a consensus. This idea that science is consensus, it is toxic. It is toxic. Everybody's going along. And then what happens is you start using that like a shield. Well, everybody agrees with me. Well, yeah, you went and asked somebody what they're doing. And you're like, okay, I agree. You agree? You Okay, yeah, let's all agree. Okay, good. Then there's like this herd mentality, this protection of the herd, not herd immunity, but like herd protection. Like, oh, we're all in this. You can't see me because we're all here. I'll see that. We're all doing the same thing. We're all in lockstep. We can't all be wrong. Well, actually, you could. You could all be wrong. If, if people are operating out of panic and fear and politics, then, yeah, you could all be wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how these things actually go, generally speaking. Tim says regarding caller Tom, it amazes me that people like Tom still put their full faith and trust in GovCo. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Um, after all, I think he has identified him. I think he has identified himself in the past as African American. Recall all the instances of horrible things that have been done to that population at the hands of GovCo. Um, yeah, like the uh, Tuskegee experiments. Right, you've got the North Carolina had its own. They were doing uh, sterilizations, um, eugenics, and stuff. Oh yeah, we've got our history in North Carolina. It took Republicans taking control of the legislature to finally apologize and and set up a compensation fund for them. But you know, still, I mean, Democrats going to Democrat anyway. Remember, Planned Parenthood aborts many more black babies than any other race by percentage. I could go on, says Tim. It reminds me of the call I got. I forget the fella's name. It was after Barack Obama won. I was sitting in this chair. It was like the day after the election in uh, 2008. And this fella called in and he said he never thought he would see the day when a uh, black man would be president of America. And I said, why? And he said, because there are too many white people who are racist and would never vote for him. And I said, well, so you were wrong, right? You were wrong. They did. And so I said, is that change your, does that change your opinion of white people? And he thought about it for a second or two, and then he said, no. 
sometimes, you know, people, when presented with the evidence, as I just did with Tom, it's not going to force a reassessment of the conclusion. That's called motivated reasoning, right? He, he, he doesn't want to arrive at a different conclusion because he prefers the conclusion. And he's working backwards from there. He likes Roy. He likes Mandy. And so he believes them. And anything else that might mess with that narrative is to be discarded and ignored. So a bill in the North Carolina legislature passed by the House Alcohol Beverage Control Committee. Um, it's, uh, it, did I say it passed by the legislature? No, it's, it's in the legislature. I think that's what I said. But it's been passed by the House Committee on ABC, the Alcohol Beverage Control. Because right, GovCo manages the alcohol distribution system so very well in this state. House Alcohol Beverage Control Committee. They passed a bill out of committee that would allow ABC boards to permit ABC stores to be open on Sundays. The bill represents the House version of an omnibus alcohol law reform. The House committee placed its provisions into a Senate bill. It's called Senate Bill 527, which was about elevator safety. But this is this is the process I like to call gutting stuff. Um, other people in the North Carolina political press, they call it something else. I think they call it gut and amend or something like that, which is just, if you're going to go with the gut as the first word in the name, you should... You don't go you, you don't go formal with amend, you know? So gut and stuff. So they take a bill because like the Senate works up some bills, the House works up some bills. And then they have a deadline and all the bills have to cross over by the deadline. We actually call it crossover. So they all have to cross over so then they can be taken up by the other chambers. So the Senate put together their bill on elevator safety. They sent it over to the House. Senate Bill 527, the House is like, "Mm, you know what? We don't like this bill. We're going to gut it and then stuff it with this other stuff on the uh, ABC rules. So now it's got to go back to the Senate because it's been changed. All right. Among other provisions, besides the Sunday alcohol sales, the new Senate Bill 527 would also add two additional members to the North Carolina ABC Commission. So the board uh, membership would be five, five people, a chairman and four members. By the way, um, if I recall correctly, uh, if memory serves, the ABC Commission is one of the few paid posts in the state commissions and appointments. I think, I think maybe the college, folk, the, the, like the, the Board of Trustees, I think they are as well for the UNC system. I think this, the, yeah, I think those are paid gigs as well. But when it comes to all the commissions, the vast majority of them are unpaid. I think you maybe get like reimbursements for travel or something, but that's it. Who's our winner? Who do we got as the uh, the winner of the four pack to the RV Mr. show? Mr. Kevin. Nice. Out of Charlotte. Good job, Kevin. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Um, when you see an RV, think of me and Bernie and WBT. A four pack of tickets. There you go. Congrats, Mr. Kevin. Um so the, the ABC Commission has always been one of these sort of sought-after uh, appointments because it has a, it's got a paycheck a- attached to it. I don't, it's not much, but it's still you get, some, you get some stipend, if I recall correctly. And I could be wrong on that, but I've, 
I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I'd say I'm like 80% sure. I think I'm like, all right, maybe 77% sure. Um, so you got five members, the chairman and two members, the current makeup would still be appointed by the governor, but there would now be two additional appointments made one by the Senate president pro tempore and one by the, you guessed it, speaker of the house. This is something that the Republicans have been doing in North Carolina since, you know, uh, Berger took over in the Senate and the, um, uh, it was Tom Tillis uh, initially, and then uh, you know Tim Moore in the House, and they've been constantly reorganizing. Uh, they would say reforming the boards and commission appointment process in the state, and this has happened contrary to what people in the media would tell you. This has been happening for a very long time, decades. Whenever there is, and it's not very often that Republicans actually are in control of really anything in this state before 2010, but before that, um, if ever you had a Republican governor or lieutenant governor come along, and there were, what, two, I think, two Republican governors since Reconstruction, and then there was uh, Jim Martin as lieutenant governor, he's a Republican. There may have been, there may be one more in there, I'm forgetting, but they would always seek the Democrats who ran the General Assembly. They would always seek to neuter the Republican uh, elected official. Lieutenant Governor oversees the state Senate, right? He, he, he runs the Senate. And, the, and that's really it. Well, they, they took a whole bunch of powers away from the Lieutenant Governor position when Jim Martin was Lieutenant Governor, if I recall correctly. So this is not new. The legislature trying to to take power away from the governor. The Republicans did this against Pat McCrory as well. Right? They 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 looked to take more power away from the executive branch and and keep it in the legislative branch. Um so this is one of the other things now they're going to get some appointment powers so they get to put somebody on the commission. Which if I recall correctly, they get paid. Um lead sponsors of the bill include State Senators Tim Moffitt from Henderson County, out west, Todd Johnson from Union County, Bobby Hainig from Bertie County, and Tom McGinnis from Cumberland County. All are Republicans. Um, now we take a look at the coverage at WRAL from Travis Fain, the reporter. The bill would let local governments open their ABC stores at 10 a.m., or later on Sundays that would undo a statewide prohibition. So this is local control, right? This is your, so Mecklenburg can vote to do this and Gaston, uh, Gaston County can say no. Union County can say no. And you'd have to go across County lines to buy your booze on a Sunday, but no earlier than 10 AM. They would have the same option on holidays, except Christmas and Thanksgiving. A state prohibition on happy hours would also be undone, allowing local government leaders to authorize the change by passing an ordinance. Now, the the argument uh, for the happy hours or against happy hours was people would go and, and get drunk very quickly because of the price specials and then DUIs and then deaths. 
Back to the WRAL story. The measure would also uh, restore a pandemic-era rule that allows restaurants to sell mixed drinks to go and for delivery. Did you ever do that during the pandemic? Did you ever buy a mixed You did? Really? Bernie did. I didn't think you were old enough to buy alcohol. Um, I'm actually 16, Peter. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, these millennials, man, they're just getting older and older. Um, so uh, what did you get? Uh, I got a margarita from a Mexican restaurant. And they, they put it in a cup, essentially, and then they taped the lid shut. Yeah. It's like tamper-proof, kind of how they do the DoorDash stuff. Yeah. Tamper-proof. I'm yeah. putting that in quotes. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and then they just, they bring it, it's like DoorDash. They bring it to you. Why? Um, so why did you get, um, did you order food from them as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah. So you were like, I, I would like to have a margarita while I'm eating this Mexican food. Yeah, I just didn't have the ingredients at home. Gotcha. So Emma talked me into it. Yeah. But how, yeah, how they would it? bring it right out to you. It was good. Right. It was good. Not I as would never. As it should be. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You <laughs> can't, is. like, you know, as Joe Pesci described in the documentary Lethal Weapon, uh, drive through, you're down the road before you know. And, and with that, it's even worse. You can't, because you can't drive, you can't start sipping on that on the drive home. Not so, until you get home. Right. And then you're not going to know if the drink was made well or not. I don't know. I just, that was never something that interested me. We tried to support restaurants by getting to go orders, but some of the places, like, I'm not going to name names here or anything. I was up in Asheville at the time. But, uh, like, I'm not paying you that kind of money for that steak, for example. I'm not paying you because the reason I pay the money for that steak when your doors are open is because of the experience and your service. Otherwise, there's no way that steak is going to be as awesome as it gets to my table in my apartment as it does when I'm at your table at your restaurant. So there was just some I wouldn't do. There were some, like, I, but we never bought any alcohol on the go like that, or to go. And I, didn't under, I did not understand it. They kept the ABC stores open, so, yeah. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Got a message here from uh, Timoteo who says uh, regarding the the lockdowns, uh, the left will always err on the side of tyranny. And uh, then again, uh, there is the Patriot Act, so I guess the right does it sometimes too. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Well, it's amazing what you can get accomplished when people are really, really scared. Um. Why do so many people, this is from Russ, why do so many people who say err on the side of caution think the cautious move was authoritarian government overreach and not a hands-off approach? Great question, Russ. Yeah, there's a built-in assumption. Oh, sorry, I meant to say this. Uh, Somebody called in during the break and asked 
what the term was that I had used. It's motivated reasoning. Motivated reasoning. In other words, you you have a motive. You have a you have a motivation. You have a you, you have a goal that you want to get to. So you're going to reason your way there. Think, um, well, basically any lawyer, right? I mean, seriously, like they're trying to get to a point where they get the client uh, acquitted or they get the defendant convicted. And so they're going to put all the evidence up there and they're going to, and their reasoning is all going to direct you to this one conclusion and that's what a lot of people do in politics. Rather than approaching things from a principle first and say, this is my principle. How does this thing now line up with my principle? And uh, look, this is one of the issues that the Republicans are facing in the North Carolina General Assembly with regards to the, the bill, all of the changes to the alcohol law uh, or laws that uh, are part of this uh, uh, this latest Senate Bill 527, not just the Sunday um, alcohol sales, but also the, uh, the, 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 uh, the allowing of happy hours, um, the selling of, of to-go drinks, liquor drinks to-go. Um, they're also going to have a new provision to let community colleges sell beer and wine at sporting events. They did this for the universities in 2019, so now I guess... You got to be able to to chug and do, yeah, to chug and, and do funnels at at community college as well. Um, no, I'm kidding. At the sporting events, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. It would also simplify permitting and sales processes for restaurants and other ABC permit holders. That is actually a big deal. That's a big deal. Right now, they got restaurants have to go get their liquor from a designated warehouse. And if that warehouse is sold out of the liquor they need, they don't get it. And I believe they actually have to pay by check, maybe also cash, but I think by check. So, I mean, it's just a, it's just a, so many elements of our alcohol system in this state are stupid. So many elements. Um, but this is one of the, you got the alcohol deal, you got the, the, the gambling. They want to do four casinos, and this has been one of the big holdups with the state budget. There's a lot of arm twisting going on. There's a ton of money coming in from outside uh, outside interests outside of the state that are trying to get more gambling set up. They want four casinos, and they look at look. There's one in what Danville, Virginia. It's right across the border, and like what? So what? The Republican position is what we need to set one up in Rockingham and Senator Phil Berger's district. We need to set it up there so as to keep all of that money in state. That's the idea. And then what? have three more elsewhere. Um, we do have some of the strictest alcohol laws in the country. It's one of just a handful of states, for example, that does not allow happy hour drink specials. They got banned in the 1980s during a crackdown on drunk driving. Also, ABC stores will be allowed to sell gifts. And you can sell booze on trains. And they're going to loosen the mixed drink sale maximums at conventions and festivals. ton of stuff in Senate Bill 527. So between that, the gambling, and the legalization of weed, right? Some people are wondering, what does it mean to be a Republican now?